Let's Get Fresh, the podcast for those passionate about growing their business through the power of connection. At Fresh, we've thrown out the rule book on networking as you may know it, and we've written our own. Think more connections, less blah, and a whole lot of ooh-la-la. Get ready to explore all things networking and business under the guise of fun, as world-class guests and relatable conversations collide, resulting in education, inspiration, and growth for you. G'day everyone, I can't wait to get into this episode with you guys. I've got a very exciting guest, his name is Tim Reed, and he is somewhat of a marketing guru. I met him recently, we had a chat and I had such fun, as you hear in this podcast, had such fun speaking to Tim, but also got a lot of insights out of his knowledge and years of experience in marketing I'm hitting him up with all the questions. You're going to hear things like what even is marketing? What are some of the things that are marketing that we might not realize are marketing? Free marketing, paid marketing, defining our niche and our avatar. Some really important things. So I hope that you enjoy it and I hope that you so I hope that you enjoy it. And if you do, do not forget, send it on, send it to your friends who are in business and help them get better at marketing their business too. Before we get into it, let's give a big shout out and some love to the CRM team for sponsoring this episode of Let's Get Fresh podcast. Who are they? Well, thanks for asking. They're CRM consultants that speak 50% tech and 50% business. So hands up if, like me, you're always striving to provide amazing customer experiences. Well, the CRM team can supercharge your ability to do so by implementing the right CRM system suited to your business. They'll cut through the noise and have you set up and running 50% faster than doing it yourself. And if you're already using Salesforce, Zoho or Pipedrive, it's all good. Why not reach out and explore how their support team can help you be more efficient? Check out www.crmteam.com.au for further information. Tim Reid, very big welcome to the Let's Get Fresh podcast. Tiff, no, greater pleasure. Oh, look, I thought so. I thought so. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I've had a um, had a dip in the ocean, uh, which was particularly cold this morning, fresh, um, despite living on the sunny coast. Um, it's a little bit fresh, but at the southern, our southern friends will just laugh because <laughs> it's not as fresh as down there. So it was pretty good. Saw some dolphins. Oh, Had did coffee you? with mates, you know, um, Always do that each morning. I like that line out of the cold chisel song, Flame Trees, something like um, sitting around a table with old friends, seeing which one of us can tell the biggest lies. <laughs> so that's kind of so that's kind of what we did this morning over coffee, you know. <laughs> oh, I can beat that. Hey, let's play a game of one-upmanship. Anyway, I digress. That's how Most I am. Most people play that but just don't admit that they're playing that's it, That's right. Eh? That's right. I always feel guilty when someone says, oh, you know, they did this, this, and this. And I want to go, and then my inclination – Maybe it's because I just want to talk about myself, but it's certainly not my intention. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, and I, I've done that, but I also did. It's like oh, I always sort of hold myself back from doing that because I don't want to rain on someone else's parade. <laughs> Every now and then I will. I might rain on yours. Yeah, I feel like you might. Are you doing the push-up challenge at the moment? Ziff. <laughs> I am, and it's killing me, so I'm one-upping you on that. I have done I don't thousands. know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, Obviously, it's not. a push-up challenge. I mean, okay, so – why would I know about it, um, especially given I don't consume news? 
but I don't imagine it'd be. I don't. You. Well, here you go. I don't consume news either. I can't. I don't watch the news or listen to no. the news. So no. we're besties in that respect. I'm just having a quick look now. Uh, nationally, there are. It's raised seven point five million dollars at this point in Australia. Mm. Um, a lot of people are doing it. It's very like so many. Uh-huh. I guess. For it's for mental health, so the Push Up Challenge is its own entity, and they have partnered up with, and I'm going to feel really bad if I don't have, but with um, Beyond Blue, I believe, and another another mental health organisation, wow. raises a lot of money. They've been doing it for quite a few years. So what happens? Very quickly, got nothing to do with getting better networks, but maybe it does because their marketing Probably. is obviously on point. They do over 24 days, we do 3,139 push-ups, which is reflective of the number of suicides in 2020. Mm. Each day we get a number of push-ups to do and that is relative to a specific mental health fact that they will teach. So you learn about mental health, everybody gets on board. The fundraising optional, obviously they make thousands and thousands and I've Mm. done, speaking of thousands, I've done thousands of push-ups in the last two weeks and it's killing me. Really? Well, no, it's shoulders and arms. Yeah, it's very yeah, yes, yeah. it's a lot harder than I thought. Well, good on you for doing it, and then you just go and get some money, people to donate money based on how many. Like it was like the MS readathon at school. Do you remember that? You're too young for that, <laughs> hey? Do you remember that? Every some listeners over fifty will go. Oh, I remember that. I used to cheat. I used to put down. Oh yeah, I read this, this, and this. Never read a book in my bloody life up until you know. The age of about 40. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, I better let the listeners know why you're here, Tim Reid, because you are – you are the marketing guru. When I typed oh. in who's the best marketer in Australia, your name hit the hit the top of the ranks. Oh, uh, wow, that is. Was it a paid ad by me? <laughs> Probably bloody was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you have been running the longest, Australia's longest running business marketing podcast, yes. Small I'll get this wrong. Small business, big marketing. Is that right? You got it. You got it. The small business, me. big marketing podcast. 11 years. 13. 13. You got yeah, up, yeah. You better update your have. website. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the years are flying by. June 4, just gone. Uh, mm. Turned 13. Yeah, didn't do anything. Oh. Did you just say June? <laughs> no, June 4. June 4. I thought you said June 13. Yeah. June 13 is my podcast birth date. Ah, oh, bless. Your pod date. <laughs> my pod date. Yeah. <laughs> Not 13 yeah. years, though. How many years is that? Two. Two. Good on you. Yeah, thank you. Many don't get there. Oh, I know. And have a guess how many episodes I've dropped. Uh, well, I don't really know. I'm going to, I don't know. You've motivated woman, so maybe one a week, so 104. Good for you. 368. <laughs> I'll have you know. Step it up, mate. Yeah. Hey, put in. <laughs> get with the program. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Lazy. <laughs> All right, tell us some of your wisdom on big spit. How would you get into marketing for a start? I want you to bestow some of your amazing oh, that, top that, tips. That, that's, that's not interesting, is it, for the listener? Oh, probably not. All right, tell me something okay. interesting. Well, I've been in marketing all my life, so there you go. That's it. Worked in agency <laughs> land, worked for flight. out of the womb straight into yeah, the yeah, agency. Pretty much. That's right. Came out of the womb, you know, with a spreadsheet in my hand. Don't know why I said spreadsheet because that's got nothing to do with marketing, but <laughs> – you're with me, aren't you? Ready to go. <laughs> Ready for action. I'll believe anything for- at this point, Tim. Yeah, yeah. 
so yeah, got it. Just I, I have a. I don't know really know. The only reason I chose marketing at the very start was because I didn't know what to study at uni. And I was a bit under pressure to go to uni by the parents, you know, by the folks of that generation who it's just, you know, tick that box, mm-hmm. go to school, go to uni. And I thought, well, marketing, I don't really know what I want to do when I'm bigger, a big boy. So I'll just do marketing because you can do a lot of stuff with marketing. Whereas if I can do law, you got to do law. If you do accounting, <laughs> you got to do accounting. It's like, I'm not going to do any of those things. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's how I got into it. But it's a fun, it's a fun part of business, you know, I reckon, and, and not recognised enough. Too many business owners that I come across are frustrated by their marketing or don't give it the weight that they should give it, the attention yeah. that they should give it. And I always say, and I do a lot of keynote speaking at conferences, Tiff, and, and, and my, I always say at the top of, of one of my most popular keynotes, I say my wish for you, the audience, is that the marketing of your precious business becomes a hobby. And I really, I genuinely mean that because when something's a hobby, you'll find the time, you'll find the money, you'll find the energy, you'll find the resources, and you'll put it in your diary and you can't wait to do it next time. You can't wait for that next time to come around. And having interviewed a measly 600 successful business owners on the small business big marketing, I know, mate, I'm sorry about that. Um, None of them have used the word hobby but they all talk, one of the criterias for my guests is that they've used some form of marketing to get to where they are and they talk about marketing they 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 hide it they hold it in high regard and that's what i like you know because marketing is absolutely an investment and is absolutely a really significant way to grow a business with the right you know appealing to the right customers at the right time with the right message all that kind of stuff so um, it, it should be fun because the rest of business is bloody hard and potentially boring. Did I say that? I don't know. I mean, I don't want I've, real estate and HR and tax and cash flow. Well, I find that boring, but marketing's fun. I'm with you. I It is my favourite part of business. And I, the, the speed at which I will action a new idea when it can be as simple as if I get a quirky name for something and throw together a good oh, graphic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I am off like a frog in a wet sock. I remember last year frog in, well, a, in the middle in a of one sock. of a frog in a wet frog, sock. Frog heard that sock. Yeah. Well, I've heard frog in a sock. I'm just trying to think what with the sock being wet, how it makes it go off even more. Oh, it's but more that's frantic. For another time. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because like if I was a frog, because I'm slimy, I'm going, the wet's pretty good. I'm okay with wet. But dry sock, dry sock would be more irritating. All right. Well, I never thought that deeply about that. Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, we've just lost (laughs) half our listeners. Keep going. You've lost. I've also lost my train of thought, was it? Oh, (laughs) last year, in the middle of lockdown and in one breath, I'm like, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I've got too much on. And in the next breath, I thought about this workshop I wanted to run. I was like, I'm going to run a workshop. I'm going to run a workshop on 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 success, the idea about what makes some people successful and what makes some people not. Like why do some people pick up the ball and run with it and just bam and it works and why – and in the middle of adversity especially. So – because I thought of the word suck and cess and made this little play on words with the K in a bracket and I was like, the success, turning the suck into success. And I was like, that's really cool. Genius. 
oh, genius. Then I jumped on my little graphics programs and I did up a little and I thought, oh, that looks cool. Once I've got something that sounds good and looks good, I'm off and I can write up a copy and pe- and, th- and yes. that bad boy sold like hotcakes. And I was like, that's exciting. I mean, I know I was too busy, but that like, I get so excited doing that. Quite interesting. Uh, that's, you make a really interesting point because uh, I'm, I'm actually fascinated with names, names of businesses and names of promotions, products, brands, all that kind of stuff. And I've actually interviewed a world-leading naming expert on the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. And mm. one of the ways, it, it, there are many types of ways of naming a business, but that that idea for you of, of actually coming up with a name that inspires you or motivates you, oh, there's something in that. So you come up with a name and then the next thing you know, you, it's, you've you got an image and then out of the image you go, oh, okay, now I can build that out into something. And it's a really kind of, you feel as though you've immediately got hold of something that you can build. It's like a foundation that you can build from. Yes. I suppose it's how songs are written, I guess. I don't, I, I have a fascination. I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not a musician. I actually sing in a band, but I don't understand music. <laughs> but I often think about, I love, I love song lyrics. Yes. And and I've studied Bernie Tortman and Elton John's relationship. Bernie Tortman would would fax Elton John essentially a poem, if you like. And then Elton John had to put the the, the melody, the music to it. Yeah. That's that's how it worked. And um and so often lyrics, you know, one line, you often hear songwriters talk about there's one line, and out of yes. that comes an entire beautiful song. It's pretty interesting. Oh. And again, that's the creative side of marketing. That's why marketing's fun. Mm-hmm. Not, not enough of us think we're creative. We all think, oh, you know, we're creatives for creatives, but that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. We are all creative. How do we tap into it? How do people, if people are listening and they're getting into new their business or new business or whatever mm-hmm. and they're thinking, what? Well, how do we tap into our creativity with it's that? A good, it's a very good question, Tiff, and I, I am not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know the answer, but I am fascinated by it. And having worked in an advertising agency for many years, that is a pure represent, a literal representation of the creative divide. I worked in a big agency called Clemenges, and on the ground floor was media people who put booked the TV ads and the magazine ads and all that kind of stuff. On the second floor, on the th- I'll tell you, third, on the third floor, on the ground floor, yeah, the, the second floor, so the top floor was management, which was what I was in, and on the middle floor, first floor, was creative. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a divide. There was actually an entire floor and department dedicated to the creative process, which I always struggled with because it, I kind of, it almost felt by definition that if you're, not in, if you're not on that floor, then you're not creative. But again, that's bullshit. And how do you tap into it? It's really interesting because I'm actually working on an episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast to speak with creative people and ask them where their ideas come from. Mm. And it's actually very hard to get people to do it. Normally, I never struggle getting a guest on my podcast, but no one wants to talk about where ideas come from because you know why? They don't know. They don't know. (laughs) Or if they do know, they don't want to reveal it because often it's silly. Often it's like I overheard a conversation or I saw a sign or I was in the shower and it was just, you know, some weird kind of stuff. But how we tap into it is – I think we've got to give it – it's like building a muscle. It's any muscle. Surely the creative process is a muscle in our being. So if you want to, you know, build your, build your arms up, go to the gym. If you want to build your creative up, start being start coming up with silly headlines or rewriting ads or yeah. getting together with groups of people and just, you know, brainstorming stupid ideas and, and have fun with it. You've just reminded me of something and I can't remember who – 
whether it was a book or something, but there, there is someone that advises just this. It is mm-hmm. writing down ideas to build your ideas muscle, writing down ideas every single day. Oh, I feel like maybe mm-hmm. like somebody, Tim Ferrissy, or it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's a, someone that's quite well-known or it's a podcast or someone with, you know, a bit of credibility. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah you've just reminded immense. me of that. That's really interesting. I, do, do you know the first podcast? So I got into my podcast is thirteen years old, and I discovered podcasting fourteen years ago, and I, I still remember it, and I still listen to it. it. It was a podcast called Killer Innovations. It was hosted by a fellow Phil McKinney, who is the vice was I don't think he, I think he might be retired now. He was the vice president of innovation at Hewlett Packard, mm. and. He was awesome. And the whole premise of Killer Innovations was to encourage creativity. And at the base of Killer Innovations were 74 kill, ah, 74 killer questions. And it was a very simple process. Identify the problem that you want to solve creatively or innovatively, and then ask, pose a killer question. So um, let me give you an example. Um we have a pro- the, the the problem in the business is that we have a poor customer service a, p- a poor approach to customer service that could be a problem in a business which is many businesses have that problem so instead of asking the obvious question how do we fix our customer service approach which is not going it's a, it's a, it's a it's a shallow question and you're going to get shallow answers mm. ask a richer question a killer question and you'll get richer answers so a killer question could be how would a formula 1 racing team address customer service in our business. Or if we had to fix the customer, our, our approach to customer service in the next two hours, what would we do? So you're looking oh. outside to another industry or you're putting a time constraint on it. So it's, and it was awesome. And then the, 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 the magic in that process was then you're going to get three, four, five ideas real quick. And then you just got to keep pushing and pushing through and not giving up and actually spending time another hour or two with the same killer question. And it was just an awesome process. And that whole podcast was about that. So there's a way of becoming creative. That is brilliant. I love that. Yeah. Give, me, give me your definition of marketing because I feel like there'll be a whole bunch of people listening and I think marketing covers a lot more than what some people think marketing is a, is a logo on a business card. Some people think marketing yeah. is a radio ad. Some people think marketing is, you know, like marketing yourself is networking and that's mm-hmm. what, you know, that's what fresh networking is all about. But so, also like what you wear is marketing, how you speak's yep. marketing. So first of all, everything is marketing and marketing is everything, which is basically what you've just said. Mm. There is no any business owner go any business owner that says I don't do any marketing. It's bullshit. They do. You got a business card? Yeah. Oh, okay. You do marketing. Mm. Um, the and I will give you my definition of marketing. The misconception that marketing is just advertising and and you know getting your message out there via the advertising means that's just marketing communications. So if you look at marketing as a pie chart, marketing communications is a, is a wedge of that pie chart, mm. and, and and not a big wedge, you know. Because there is, you know, they talk about the four P's or the five P's of marketing, product, price, place, promotion, people, which is absolutely valid. And that's something that's been around for decades and I think is still very valid. My definition of marketing is quite simple. It's what you do when you can't go and see someone. And I really Ooh. like that. 
because you, you think about it in a real world, in the real world, like let's say, um, I don't know, just for the sake of the argument, say we're a chiropractor and, and um, in, a, in an ideal world, we just love to get up out of our clinic and go and visit face-to-face every single person that has the potential to use our services. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And you have a chat with them. What's your problem? You know, how do you feel about chiropractors? What's keeping you up at night? If we were to work together, what does success look like for you? All that stuff. You just have this wonderful conversation, which at the end, you as the chiropractor would have built trust, familiarity. Um, your prospect would have become less price sensitive because you were there in front of them talking one-on-one one on one, and you got a new client. Mm. But that ain't going to happen mm. because you can't go out and visit everyone one-on-one. But you can create great marketing that does do that. In, in an ideal world, again, personalized marketing that talks directly to the customer. But again, that's, that's, that's hard. So, but just creating marketing that has deep empathy for the problem that your prospects have or the issue that they're dealing with, talks to them in their language, you know, at the right time, in the right place, with the right message. And then all of a sudden, marketing takes off. I was just writing. It was interesting. Just before we got on, on air today, I... I've got a new sponsor for my podcast um, in Dell, Dell Computers, Dell Technologies. And I was writing the live read scripts that I'm going to be doing for them in the podcast. And I was making great effort, although it wasn't that hard, to write it in my language, Mm. which is potentially going to be difficult for Dell to... To To swallow. (laughs) To swallow because... (laughs) They want it, they, well, nothing to do with my language, but more to do with the fact that they're going to want potentially more corporate speak, and I'm using air quotes here. Mm. I don't know that for sure, but I have, certainly have experienced that before with other poten- with other sponsors. And mm. um, I think as business owners, when we are marketing, if we're writing copy for our website or writing a keynote for a network or we're writing a presentation for a networking event that we're going to or whatever it may be, there is some weird switch that flicks on inside us that makes us speak more formally mm-hmm. and use words that we would never use. And it's like, that's stupid. When you're writing copy or any of that stuff, write it as if you were speaking it. And if you don't know how to do that, speak it into your iPhone, into your smartphone, into voice memo, and listen back, get it transcribed. And 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 see the language. Listen to the language that you're using because it'll be it'll be infinitely more authentic than some bullshit marketing copy. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. What? And I've done the same with with scripts. And I'll ask people. I'll ask sponsors. What? Tell me a few couple of things you want to get across, but I'm going to tiffify it. And hmm. why? Because you're asking me to speak to my listeners. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's right. They're exactly. listening to me because they they don't want me to morph into something else to mm-hmm. sell something to them. They want me to give my recommendation on something. So I think it's such an important thing to think. And it's so important. We, you think about when we go networking and we have to stand up in front of, you know, our, our new peers and we've got this snapshot of a moment, we've got normally 60 seconds to stand up and kind of formally say, give, give this snapshot of this is who I am, this is what I do, this would be a great referral for me, this would be a mm-hmm. great uh, connection for me. And the, 
the less you look like you're reading or, you know, mm. trying to remember your words, the more you just stand up and be who you are, the better you're going to market yourself. And we are, we are talking to a networking crowd here, I gather, Tiff, um, with the Fresh Network. Um, and, again, you know, I've been to so many of those networking events and so often I, you know, I'm just the, people die when they get up and do that 60-second pitch and they shouldn't because – it's such a great opportunity if you get it right. Yeah. And so if you are listening and you are one of those people and you do have an event to go to in the coming days, weeks, months, years, then practice it. You know, as a keynote speaker, um, I go over my my talks all the time. I read as an as particularly as an MC. Put it speaking's a bit different because I yes you know, so I do I practice that each day you know even if I don't have a conference coming up just to keep it fresh in my mind but as an MC you know you're being given intros to people to to introduce read them 10 times yeah. read them so if something doesn't make sense or read them if there's two words that join each other and it's really hard to say you know one s leads into another s or whatever it may be and the same with networking where it is a great opportunity that 60 seconds is a great opportunity so don't fuck it up be yourself don't try and be anything you're not. Yeah. Don't try and be use big words and, you know, look intelligent if you're not. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. Yes, uh, hello. Hello. Uh, my name is Timothy Reed. R-E-I-D. Uh, 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 that'll do. Yeah, anyway, you got to laugh, don't you? Yeah. Uh, we're, all, we're all scared of speaking in public. I used to be terrified of it, Tim. Terrified. I still, I still, I'm not terrified. I still get nervous every time, but I think that's healthy. Yeah. It's adrenaline, right? It is adrenaline. I yeah, reference because yeah, I'll, I'll find at times that I can I can stand up for that 60 seconds and sometimes I sit down and I do it. You know, and, I, and I'm sitting with a crew that are just my mates now because I've done it for so long and we've got such oh, great yeah. relationships that it's not an intimidating environment. Sometimes I'll sit down and my hands are shaking, but that'll happen when I'm really stoked about, oh, that oh, that came out really good. Actually, that was yeah, that yeah. felt good. So I get this hit of adrenaline, which I used to read as, oh, my goodness, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Everyone's looking at me. Everyone can tell that I'm nervous. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't. Well, sometimes they can, but generally not. Yeah. And the other great thing, in that, in that environment, and really any, for any speaking engagement, it's not about you. It's about them. Mm. So I always approach those opportunities and jobs. Um, I say to myself, well, I know, I know a little bit more about the people in the audience and that's why they're here, to hear from someone who can offer them some additional information, in my case, around marketing. Yeah. Um, and then have deep empathy for where they're at, you know, make an effort. You know, again, if I'm speaking at a conference of 300 people, I make an effort to go and stand at the door as they're walking into the room and saying hi. You know, if I'm speaking before, after a break, then having a cup of tea with them and getting to know them, asking them some problems or issues or insights that they have around what I'm going to talk about. So you develop a, an empathy that can only set you in good stead for then whatever it is you're going to share, whether it be a 60-second pitch or a 60-minute keynote. Yeah. Is there a bad? No. Good. Thanks for clearing that up. Okay. <laughs> Is there a, a budget that we should set for marketing? Is there something, is there like, oh, this much of your revenue or this much, you're like, what What should we have a marketing oh, spend? That's interesting. Very, going for a very emotional uh, discussion to a very rational discussion. <laughs> um, let me just readjust my thinking around that. Um, okay, so we're talking numbers now. Uh, 
<laughs> numbers hat on. Love I just numbers. Want to pull at your emotions. I'll drag you. Well, back I came out of the womb with a spreadsheet. So great question for me. <laughs> um, look, it varies so much. There is no straight answer to that. Um, my my initial answer is please have a marketing budget. Number one, please stop spending it on things that aren't working, which sounds obvious, but the amount of business owners that continue to spend money hand over fist, you know, in the hope that at some point it will get traction. Mm. Um, please allocate 10, if not 20% of your marketing budget to an idea that scares the pants off you, to an idea that mm. you're just not sure whether it's going to work or not, but if it does, it'll work its pants off. So that kind of thing uh, is is important. Oh, that's interesting. Always be, you know, taking stuff out and trying new things, and and that's really important too. It's an interesting question about marketing budgets because there is no there is no straight answer to it. Mm. Um, marketing's certainly becoming more accountable and measurable with, with things like pay per click advertising, you know, Facebook ads, Google AdWords, that kind of stuff, where you can absolutely see for every dollar I spend, I'm getting this back, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but, has that um, type of marketing? Um, I guess do they? tend to charge more because it's accountable? Well, no, they're actually charging. Well, it's, it's relative to what you know, would be my first question, but let's say relative to a paid ad on TV or radio or yeah. press or whatever it may be. That's actually really cheap, you know, like you're paying cents if not, depending on what keyword you're chasing, mm. um, you can be paying cents if not dollars, sometimes tens of dollars, sometimes hundreds of dollars, you know. Mm. Best, best life insurance policy in Australia is probably a pretty expensive keyword. Um, free free to put the ad up, but if someone clicks on it, you know, it may cost that advertiser 20, 30, 40 bucks a click. I don't know, whatever. I haven't looked at right. what that price would be, but yeah. Um, it, it's, yeah, that's why I, I get very excited by the fact that there's never been, I always say there's never been a better time to market your small business because the marketing landscape has changed so much. Certainly, it changes every day with some bright, new, shiny object. Mm. But the changes that we see really do play into the hands of the smaller business guy or girl because things are a lot cheaper. You know, back in the day, to get a video produced, it's like thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. Now it's free <laughs> if you want to go down that path with your iPhone and the camera and the camera and microphone on your smartphone. It's broadcast quality. Yeah. You know, I've done radio and I've been able to submit interviews off on the street interviews that I've done on my iPhone and that's been broadcast quality. And <laughs> I um I've been doing this year at a little show on Channel 31 in Melbourne. And when we first started, we were in lockdown and we did just that. So we're going via Zoom, but to get better quality, I had a setup at, at my end, but I was just asking them to record on their phone. To yes. get the best quality, and it's it's insane, isn't it? That insane. And throw that on television. <laughs> and and rightly or wrongly, our um, our being viewers, consumers, um, tolerance for production quality is dropping. You know, again, years and and that's the downside because I do like good production quality, mm. but you know, you watch CNN or any of these big networks. And especially COVID has been had a huge impact on this as well. But it's not unusual to see an interview over Skype or to see yeah. any or to see a reporter doing a selfie video out in the bloody field. You know, uh, yeah. 
this was unheard of a few years ago. Everything had to be highly produced. So, but I, I think I like the trade-off and I like the fact that that trade-off allows for spontaneity and allows, and so we're, we're just a bit more forgiving. Yeah. Particularly if, the, if we can get information quicker from places that we couldn't normally get it. Yeah. You was talking before and it made me think of something. So when, so it's all well and good to think oh, I need to market and go and buy some bloody click advertising, but. Like, bloody click advertising. <laughs> bloody. Let me just write that down. Use pit pause. <laughs> bloody click advertising. Okay. Yep. Go on. <laughs> Might call the episode that. <laughs> but there's, there's a point like. I guess when I think back previously, I, I started work years and years ago in the graphic design industry, not as a designer, but I worked in a creative student studio back in the day where we were just called, like it was just past being called creative desktop publishing. Oh, <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, I yeah. That. And, um, and that was so, you, you know, branding and design and making things look good, but there's this now and I think a lot of people still miss it. If you're not from the industry or you don't know marketing, there's making something look good. There's and and then there's the communication. But those two need to marry up. So if I pay for click advertising and I pay my twenty dollars a click to get the best insurance broker in Australia, mm-hmm. and someone clicks on it and then they see my marketing, what do we need to understand about what people see and feel and hear from when they land on our page or they land on wherever they land? Mm-hmm. I don't understand your question. Me either, mate. <laughs> ah, I love it. Well, I, I guess- think honesty is a great policy. <laughs> Tell us mistakes. What What do we miss? What do businesses miss and what mistakes do we make when it comes to our marketing? Oh, geez. Uh, a lot. I'll go back to the uh, have respect for it. Like, again, like it sounds obvious, but not enough have respect for marketing. Not enough find the time for it. Not mm. enough, you know, have some fun with it. Um Having a really deep understanding of your ideal client or clients, spend time. And we talk about this word avatars. I don't really like the word avatar is a particular, a profile of a particular type of client in this case. Mm. So actually writing down a 300 word paragraph or page describing your ideal client, answering questions like I went through before, like, not just who are they demographically is sort of interesting. Oh, you know, they, you know, they're, they're white collar professional women age 40 to 55 earning over a hundred thousand dollars a year living in the Eastern suburbs. Doesn't actually tell you that much about that woman. Mm. So what we want to know is more sociological, 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 psychological information about her. You know, what keeps her up at night? What, what are her worries? What are her dreams? What does success look like? What, what, how does she feel about our industry? Has she dealt with the brands that we sell? All these different things then mm. start, you answer those questions and you get a really clear idea of who your ideal client is. Why is that important? Because once you know that, it then allows you to create marketing messages that hit, in this case, her between the eyes. Because all of a sudden, you've shown a deep understanding of that person and now creating website copy or advertising copy or podcast episodes or a keynote presentation, it's it, it's going to be a, a whole lot more um, understanding of her needs. Mm. And I don't think we we don't get that right enough. We don't spend enough time on that. Um, I also think not enough marketing is helpful. I've written a whole book about this. It's called the boomerang effect, and not too much marketing is salesy. 
buy from me, buy now, closing soon, end of financial year sale, product price, product price. Mm. And it's what I call push marketing. And it's, nothing, it's an absolute role for it. It's not, it's not a right or wrong, but that's push marketing where you just push information onto people in the hope they buy. The opposite of that is pull marketing where you pull people towards you because you've been so insanely helpful in helping them make a more informed purchase decision. So this is a, your, your podcast, our podcast, my podcast, your podcast is an example of helpful marketing. Mm. Your podcast is all about helping people, I think, be better networkers and 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 be better in that in that space. So you instead of just running an ad saying, hey, you know, join the Get Fresh Network, you'll be a better networker. That's push. Creating content like this podcast or blog posts or YouTube videos or whatever it may be that that educate, engage, maybe even entertain is a much better way of going about marketing. I shouldn't say much better is another alternative to push push marketing, to pushing messages upon people. So and again, in answer to your question, what are we getting wrong? Yeah, not helpful enough. Um, there's so many things, you know, it's actually a really a good book. <laughs> things business owners are getting wrong when it comes to marketing. Um, you know, not updating your website. That's a simple one. You I know. know like- I mean, it's been two years and you've still got 11 years on your website. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll do the jokes, Tiff. Okay. All right. <laughs> You ask the questions, I'll do the jokes. Um, <laughs> now, um, so, you know, again, simple things like that because a website is important. Yeah. Um, it's just, if people go to your website, if you're an e-commerce business, then they're in your shop. If you're not an e-commerce business, an offline business, then they're one step removed from calling you, emailing you, contacting you. So websites are important. I'll give you one last thing because it's a real bugbear of mine that I think a lot of business owners are getting wrong, and that is being on social media. Mm. Might have been the you might have expected me to say they're not on social media, but too many get on social media thinking it's going to be the panacea for all their marketing and business problems. Oh, I'll get on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. It's free, not free at all. Mm-hmm. So there's a cost, mm-hmm. both financial in time and energy and emotional in all those. And absolutely, there are businesses that are absolutely smashing it on social media, absolutely smashing it. The problem is we business owners, we see those businesses and we go, oh, well, I'll have one of those things. And you go and get a Facebook or whatever it may be. And you just don't replicate it. And all of a sudden you're spending time posting stuff and you're wondering why no one's liking or sharing or commenting on it. And it just becomes a whole fucking disaster. So, you know, yeah, there's a few things we're getting wrong. It was quite depressing. <laughs> yeah, far out. Um <laughs> What about what? when we first start? What? What about when we first start businesses and we're still figuring out? I'm thinking new businesses, or even maybe a business that just hasn't dealt with this and figured it out. Like, who comes to me? What? Like, I know when I started my podcast, Roll with the Punches, and. That was just a passion project in the middle of lockdown. And I went, here's an opportunity to do two things that I'm most passionate about and two things that no matter what happens in the middle of this horrific financial crisis, I can't lose knowledge, skills, or an audience. I can lose all the money in the world, so I'm not going to focus on doing anything that makes money Mm -hmm. because I don't know what's going to happen. And so I got busy doing that. And then after a while, it was like, oh, Actually, this is quite broad. How do I define 
who wh- like what's your show tip oh well this 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 and this and this and this. you know it was mm. like how do we figure that out at whatever stage it is that we come up against that because until we do i feel like marketing how do we can figure be- what out what 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 rep- how to describe what we represent who do we reach who our how who our avatar and in inverted commas mm. might mm. be or what's my point of difference i find we get stuck in you know, let's just say I'm a, an insurance broker and I go to a networking group and I go, okay, well, I'm an insurance broker I and we talk about what we do. We talk about our job. Mm. I do this, this, mm. and this. But really... You, that, you, just Okay, I think I, I'm... So there's a couple of things there. There is a... So you're sort of asking, how do I communicate to others what it is I do? Yeah. Is that... Is that, is that? Or... So, there's, figure there's it out. Way. How do I figure it out? I don't know if we've all figured it out. Well, if you've got a business, you kind of have a sense of what the business does, but that's less interesting. Who do I appeal to? I don't know if we always know who we appeal to. I reckon you do. I reckon if you actually, and this is, again, we don't do this enough because we're busy on the business, not in, we're busy in the business, not on the business. Mm. But um, I think we do. I think, you know, I'd be surprised if there was a business owner out there who couldn't actually articulate, like, at least their ideal client. They might not be their real client yet. Mm. If you could pick a type of person that you would love to to work with, so account it's, accounts is a classic example where that's a business that if you're an accountant, you are never going to be looking for business. You are always going to be busy, right? You're yeah. going to have a full book unless you're a really bad accountant. But <laughs> the nature of uh, accountancy requires that you know every business needs it. Yeah. Um, and there's always reporting and you know all that stuff to do. So, so an accountant might go, well, I don't need marketing, but that's not true because sometimes marketing, or not sometimes, marketing is also very good at um, polarizing. So an accountant might just want to work with, say, um, retirees. So therefore, that that forces your marketing message into okay. Now I've got to create messaging that is that talks directly to retirees in their language, is the right time and the right place. Um, so. Um, that's an important thing to sit and really understand who would my ideal client be if 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 there were no rules if there was if in an ideal world who would that be because knowing that puts it out there and if you're into the woo woo stuff and manifesting and all that kind of stuff then that will start to kind of bring that type of client towards you as you were talking a, a principle came to my mind which I think is relevant to what you're asking which is it's not that interesting in terms of telling people what you do it's more interesting telling them what you can do for them because we're all interested in ourselves. I, mm. I don't care what you do. I mean, I care what you can do for me with mm. respect. Yeah. Um, so when you want to turn a feature and so a, a feature is what you do. It's a list of features. I'm an accountant specializing in superannuation and in cash flow and taxation. Yeah. <laughs> but two words in the middle of that, which means, and all of a sudden you can turn each of those into a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an accountant that specializes in superannuation, boring, which means that if you're sorry, accountants. Close, yeah, yeah. Hello to all your accountants. They're the I mean, they they apologize anyway. Often accountants are, hey, what do you do, mate? Oh, I'm an accountant. I know, boring. Um, but you know, <laughs> shouldn't do that because that's like they that, again, that's negative talk on their business and they shouldn't do that. But um, all of a sudden you turn that, you know, like just to finish that example, I'm an accountant, I specialize in superannuation, boring. Which means that if you're close to retirement, I can probably help you with my three-step process that ensures you get every single dollar and cent out of your earnings 
for the next five years into retirement, whatever it may be, you know, but yeah. you're turning that, you're turning it into a benefit and you're turning it into something that is, is speaking to your potential pro- customer, your prospect versus just telling them what you are. I love it. I love it. Hey, how can our listeners get around you and your knowledge more? Um, give him a number, 0457 382. <laughs> Good on you. Um, they can, first and foremost, go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and um, they can grab a free ebook called My 10 Marketing Wake Up Calls uh, in return. So I, I, I would love their email address and I'll give them a free ebook in return. This is a marketing lesson in itself. Um, and then um, I'll have an ongoing conversation with them. They become part of my tribe, as I call it. And um, they'll be the first to hear about new podcast episodes or webinars or keynotes that I'm whatever I've got going on. Um, and then go to their favorite podcast app and subscribe to the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. I'd love them to do that. And and then um, I suppose finally, and they're not going to remember any of this, so it doesn't really matter. I just keep talking for the next 10 minutes about you know ways people can find me. Um, go and get a coffee, Tiff, and come back. Um, but if, if Given it is a networking group and if they ever want speakers, I have a website, speaking website, timreed.com.au, R-E-I-D, and that's where you'll find all my MC and keynote kind of stuff. Anyway, enough about me. Brilliant. You've been fun. Um, I'm going to ask for one last thing. I'm going to ask you to throw yourself under the bus. Don't be shy. Throw yourself under the bus and tell me the biggest marketing mistake you have made. <laughs> Don't be shy. <laughs> oh, good, okay. <laughs> the biggest marketing mistake I've ever made. I think personally um, – it's an interesting question. Um, I personally, for me, and going back to this whole notion of creativity, um, I wished I'd gone and became a a, a copywriter um, in the world of marketing instead of being in management, which is what I was yeah. when I was in corporate. Um, I wish I, I wished I'd explored that creative side of my my marketing abilities more so because I do. I mean, you know, you talked about coming up with a name and a headline and an image and all that. I really love that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's amazing when a business owner comes to me and goes, "I'm trying to name a business." It's, this is, and I just like for some reason, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little gift. It's one of my very few gifts that I have. But I, I, I love, I love the creative side. So the, the mistake was not doing that earlier. I had to wait till I was an old fart and do what I I want, when I want, how I want, with who I want. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you've been a gift to us, Tim. Thank you so much for your time. Well done, Tiff. Good on you with your podcast and happy networking. Thank you, sir. Well, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed the banter with Tim. I think there were a few really good um, insights in there for me. And I'm going to tell you, three of my favorites. Number one was the idea about asking killer questions. So some of the ways that some of the examples that Tim gave of asking killer questions even made me in that moment think so differently about answers to things. So I even think I'm going to kind of ask myself questions that way when I'm problem solving and thinking about business. Uh, Another one was the two, I wrote down the two words, which means, and I think especially in, um, in networking situations and when we're meeting people and we're talking about what we do, that was powerful Um, because sometimes we find it hard to figure out what, how to talk about a feature versus a benefit. So the, the idea of making sure that I'm addressing the, which means, um, when I tell people what I do, which means 
they'll get it. And I think I'm going to put this third one into place. Doing something within your marketing that scares the pants off you. Even just thinking about that scares the pants off me. So I'm going to figure out something. In fact, if you decide to do something that scares the pants off of you, go and find the post for this episode on the Fresh Networking Instagram page and drop a comment and tell me tell me that you're going to do something and feel free to tell me what you're going to do. I think that would be great. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Let's Get Fresh. Don't keep us to yourself. Share the fresh. And, of course, subscribe to our podcast so you can keep the fresh goodness coming your way. If we've tantalised your networking taste buds, get along to a fresh event near you. Grab your free guest pass at www.freshnetworking.com.au. Until next time, stay fresh.